You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello, I'm Janice Bennett, and welcome to this episode of the IPHC Leadership Cast. Today we are here with Debbie Burpo, who is a minister with the Heartland Conference and also serves on the executive board for the Heartland Conference as their treasurer. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you. It's good to have you here with us today. And um, you're also the pastor at Frontline Ministries in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. That's correct. And how long have you been there? Almost 10 years. 10 years next month. All right. So tell us a little bit about Kingfisher. How large is the town of Kingfisher? Um, About 4,800 people. We're kind of in an oil boom right now. So it's active and growing and uh, it's considered rural Oklahoma. Okay. We kind of have that rural standard behind us. But yeah, as I was driving out there a couple of weeks ago, they really are. I mean, it seems to be an area that's really growing, and you can see the oil coming in. Yes, absolutely. The pipes and everything mm-hmm. that they're building out. Lots of construction. So, so about five thousand people there. Yes. In yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, very good. Well, I'd like you to tell us a little bit. Debbie, about the ministry that you and Frontline Ministries have to the people of Kingfisher. Okay. Um, We do consider ourselves a a community church. We are a family-focused church, but we have a lot of outreach ministry there. Um, We started out with, uh, as a house church, originally, we're in our third location now, which is the original Pentecostal Holiness Church, which is kind of neat. It's been uh, enlarged, but we have a food bank. We have a clothing store. Uh, we have a recovery center there, um, meeting center, and um, we just do a lot of outreach. We have a soup kitchen. We feed about 60 to 70 kids every Wednesday night. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we're and Sunday mornings also. Okay. So. so you're really involved in outreach then to the community. Very much so, and, okay. and, and really supported by the community. They, they love Frontline Ministries, and we're the church that the people that have needs get sent to, okay. so which is a blessing. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Like now, you're also looking at starting some sober living centers. We are, actually. We are trying to put in a men's and a women's sober living house. Um, as in every community, uh, addiction is a big problem in Kingfisher, and um, we have some properties next door to the church that we're trying to put this in, and these will be a 12-month program. Um, they will be required to come in sober and remain sober. We use the Teen Challenge curriculum, okay. and so they'll they'll have a very structured uh, situation that they're in. They'll will do anger management classes, anything that you would get in a state funded center. Um, we don't call ourselves rehab centers because we we're not a rehab center. We are a we like to really call it a discipleship sober living house because we will be discipling them and teaching them got job skills still job skills mm-hmm. and um just it's going to be you know something to get them back into the community okay. um we do uh, we've been through part of the city process we have one more step to go actually tonight we go f- for the city commission and we will find out if they will approve or disapprove us. So okay. we're praying for favor in the city. Right, <laughs> so, so is this zoning then? You're it is zoning. For favor for yes, zoning. favor right. for zoning. So we'll just be believing with you that you will get a favorable result. Thank you. Your I think so. we will. But once again, what is so neat about our community is um, they know us. They know Frontline Ministries as a church that is going to help the people in the community. And I have just been amazed at the businessmen that have called me. 
behind the scenes and encouraged us, told us, keep moving forward. We're going to be there for you tonight. And so that's exciting to know that the vision is not only inside our church walls, but we truly have managed to get the church outside the walls. And our city has taken notice of that. So. Well, incredible. Well, keep up the great work. Thank you. I mean, you really are, and your church is really being the hands and feet of Christ to your community yes. and to those mm-hmm. that are in need. Yeah. So someone would come to the Sober Living Center. You said it's a 12-month program, mm-hmm. and they're just really trying to get reacclimated and find job and find sec- uh, security for their next steps forward? Yes. They've decided in their hearts that they truly want to beat the addiction. And so they come in. Um, there's an induction fee that they will pay. Um, which is the only thing that we will charge them the whole time that they're there during that 12 months. And um, they agree to that. And um, they, the only thing that causes them to, to lose that is if they do uh, go back into their addiction and they're tested positive and then they have to leave and then they're allowed to come back in. The neat thing about this program is that what we feel like as far as locally, we will bring people in from other areas but for our local area, our families, um, the children that are in Kingfisher, the spouses mm-hmm. that are in Kingfisher, um, after a 30-day window, there's 30 days there that we, we keep them separate. Okay. But then their families will be encouraged to come for visitations. Um, they can always come to church. They'll be able to meet with their uh, person that's in the home on Sunday mornings and, and have worship with them. And so our job is to get that family unit back together mm-hmm. in a safe environment. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. We just bless the work that you're doing there. Thank you. And then you were also telling me a little about about your new life center that the church is building. Yes, we are building. We call it a family life center. And it, I wished I could remember how many square feet it is, but I can't. But <laughs> it's a big two-story building um, with a gymnasium. And we'll have a lot of classrooms. We're putting in a big commercial kitchen. Uh, to accommodate the soup kitchen that we have. Um, One thing I didn't mention about our outreach is we also come into Oklahoma City about once every six or eight weeks and uh, serve with Church Under the Bridge to feed the homeless. And so the areas for cooking for that and everything will be there. But within this building, uh, we will have GED classes. We're going to do parenting classes, which we already have at the church. Um, of course, our recovery classes, we have a 12-step faith-based program that uh, has been meetings for the, the whole 10 years we've been a church. But that building is truly going to be used for that type of ministry. Um, I mentioned that we have you know 60 to 70 kids every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And the building that we're in now, they literally are on top of each other almost. Wow. We just, we're desperate for new space. And so we, um, we started building that building by faith, and the Lord told me early on to do it by faith. Do not borrow money to build it. Do not go into debt. Mm-hmm. And so I've honored that. It's been a challenge. I've wanted to borrow money. I've talked to our bank locally. I've talked to the, the IPHC loan fund, wow. and I can get the money, but God said, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't. And what happened this year, at the beginning of the year, the Lord gave us a word for the church that he was going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what we could even think and imagine. So we get into November, and I'm like, the year's almost over. And, you know, as believers, we get to that place where, you know, your faith begins to waver, and you're like, well, you know, it's, it's you know, the year's almost up. I've been in the pulpit declaring over and over and over, we're going to build this debt-free. But the coolest thing happened... Um, we got a call, first of all, from an individual 
that um, it doesn't go to our church at all, but he, he wanted to come by, and um, they, there was one family that brought a $50,000 check. Wow. But then after that, the money just started. We got a $10,000 donation, a $5,000 donation, and then the week, uh, the first week of December, we, I got a call, and there was an individual who wanted to make a $250,000 wow. anonymous donation to our building. So throughout that last few weeks of December, that we brought in $284,000. Wow, praise the Lord. Yeah, and it was like God was saying, I told you, don't yeah. borrow money. So <laughs> I just want to encourage people to be sensitive mm-hmm. to that debt overhead. And, and I believe that when we're building for kingdom work, I think that's what God really, I don't think, I know that's what God can really bless is when we're being the hands and feet of Jesus and, you know, we're feeding the hungry, we're clothing the naked, we're taking care of the infants and the widows and the prisoners and, you know, Matthew speaks of that and um, God just keeps showing us that that he's going to do this and and we're about halfway there. Um, When this money came in, we had enough money to go uh, to the contractor. We The cement slab has already been poured because the year before, uh, we received a $150,000 donation from an anonymous donor that does not go to our church. Wow. And we put all the foundation in. That laid the foundation. So this last donations that came in this year, um, the shell of the building has been ordered. It's mm-hmm. the, It will be completely shelled in at this stage, debt-free. Oh, praise the Lord. That's incredible. And thank you, I mean, being obedient to God's word to you. I mean, he's honoring that. And like you said, so many times it's hard as Christians. We we heard the word of the Lord, but to be faithful to that, even, you know, when Mm -hmm. we see that deadline coming or we see something coming, we want to jump in and help help God out a little bit. Yes. But no, you were so faithful to be obedient to his word, and he's honoring that. So praise the Lord. Amen. I do. Now, obviously, you're a woman in ministry, and this year we are focusing on We Prayerfully Value Justice, and this month we're really focusing on women in ministry and issues that women may deal with. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about how you felt the call into ministry? How did God, How did that pathway and that journey start for you? Yes. Um, I, As a, a young girl, I always wanted to be a teacher. And when I gave my heart to the Lord, uh, came back to the Lord actually in the early 70s, I felt that nudge to be able to, to do something for the kingdom. And so I started teaching Sunday school, of course, and then we did some youth pastoring, my husband and I. And, um, and then I started feeling the call as I would get in the word. It was like, and then, of course, prophetic words. There were two people that prophesied over me um, that you, you're going to, you're going to pastor a church someday. You're going to preach the gospel. And, you know, I've learned to weigh prophetic words. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I can remember thinking, okay, that's great. No, I'm a teacher. Right. Um, but 23 years later, you know, this thing began to manifest. And sitting under leadership that encourages women mm-hmm. in ministry, I had a spiritual father 
Um, I'm sure people listening to this today know Pastor Bob Schaefer mm-hmm. out of Kingfisher. I consider him my spiritual daddy. But he encouraged me to move forward in that call to, to preach the gospel. And, and then to be in the IPHC, um, and I say it over and over, my church knows it, um, I, I, I love our denomination. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I truly love about our denomination is that they do embrace women in ministry. Um, I realize there's still obstacles, there's things that, you know, that women, special things that women have to overcome, but um, I feel like that the there has been an open door. Um, you can read the generations of women that have come up through the IPHC, and so that's that's been a good thing, but um, I learned to serve first. I can remember um, that 23 years in between coming to the place where we're going to be a church, and uh, not I. I always served. I, you know, I worked in the kitchen. I mowed the lawn. I did all those things that the church needed, and right. and always loved it. I, I still, as a pastor, I still find myself wanting to be in the kitchen washing the dishes right. and helping get the food ready. And so, it's been an adjustment. But he was just preparing you and preparing your heart for he was. what he had for you. Yes, and so. it's been a great journey. So, and this is the first church you've pastored, is that correct? It is. And um, you've been there ten years. Ten years, yeah. My husband and I, my husband, we've been married almost forty-six years. Wow, congratulations! Um, yeah, he's very supportive of the ministry. He always has been. But um, I was attending South, actually working at Southwestern Christian University. I am a SCU alumni, by the oh, way. Right, very proud go. of that too. Shout out for your eagles. <laughs> I love SCU. <laughs> But working there at the time is when really in a chapel one day um, is when I truly felt the call to plant a church. And I can remember actually going into your dad's office, Dr. Mm-hmm. Pike, and, and telling him about that. And I still have a piece of paper where he drew out a little map and it was talking about a shipwreck. And it's it's I've kept that all these wow. years because I felt that call and he helped me walk through that process. Mm-hmm. But we started as a house church. And um, our first building, we rented a little storefront on Main Street. And um, by faith, I'm telling you, because we did, there was 15 of us. Mm-hmm. We didn't have money to rent a building. But we, we just, our Bible study just kept growing. So we went and built, rented that. Um, within a year, we had totally outgrown that place and bought a pizza place across the street on wow. Main Street again. And we gutted that place. And so we were there for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then this third location is the original PH Church, okay. and so we went in there, and um, we just, you know, I always tell a funny story about planting a church as a woman, especially um, the day that I decided to share that with my husband. We were coming into Oklahoma City for lunch one day, and and I just told him I had something I needed to tell him, right. and I said, um, God told me that we're going to plant a church. And his immediate response was, well, he didn't tell me we were going to plant a church. (laughs) And then there was dead silence for like 15 minutes in the car. And we're just driving. And all of a sudden, he looks over at me. He says, but I tell you what, if he told you that if if he told you we're going to plant a church, then I'm with you. Wow. Let's do it. Wow. And boy, that was 10 years ago. Wow. And uh, it's been a journey. My husband does not preach. Um, He doesn't teach. He could, but he Mm -hmm. won't. But he is a powerful intercessor. Wow, and uh, he's still the priest of my home. Mm-hmm. Um, I still honor him as a husband. And, you know, it's yeah. it's it's a joint journey. Yeah. Now you're touching on some of those issues that can be challenges for a woman in ministry. Um, can you share a little bit with us about some of the challenges you may have faced as a female in ministry? Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, let's start with the spouse issue because um, I believe as a woman in ministry that you do have, your husband still has to be the priest of your home. Mm -hmm. um, he still has to be the one that is the covering. And um, I think sometimes that gets kind of out of balance. Mm -hmm. um, so that is so key. That also really wasn't ever an obstacle for me just because I just, I didn't struggle in that area. Mm -hmm. um, family, women in ministry, um, family is probably a bit of a challenge because as women pastors, I mean, if you're really going to be also take on the role of a wife and a mother, then, you know, you still cook the dinner, you still do the laundry, right. you still make sure the kids get everything they need at school. And um, so you have those little hurdles that you have to, you know, even though, you know, my husband, you know, we kind of have always tag teamed it. Our children are all grown now. I have eight wow. grandchildren. Wow. And so we're, we're past that stage other than grandchildren. But um, that, that's kind of an obstacle, I believe, for women um, that are in ministry. And then balancing um, your time of being that mom, that wife, and, and allowing yourself to also be the pastor of a church, you know, because the balancing all of that is a challenge. Right. Um, and I can, I can honestly tell you there's times I've gotten out of balance in that area and just spent way too much time focusing on the church. And, and Tim will always bring me back to level ground on that. <laughs> so... But that's a, cha a challenge. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the whole concept of, of being a female. You know, women are supposed to be silent. Mm -hmm. Women are not supposed to usurp the power of men. Um, all of those scriptures that are out there that, you know, are such a controversy. And um, I, several years ago, I had just I constantly reading books and reading literature about, you know, to justify, you know, I'm a woman, I'm in ministry, I know I'm called, and so I need to have all this information out here to argue my point. Mm -hmm. And one day, I just know, I felt Holy Spirit just speak to me, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why are you wasting all of your time studying this? Um, just put that stuff away and just do the work of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, go out there and do what I've called you to do. And so... Um, I'm not going to say that that's an easy obstacle to overcome. Um, I I don't feel like within our denomination we so much have that. But I served as the president of the Ministerial Alliance in the on our board in Kingfisher for several years, right. and served with a board that was was supportive of women. I now serve on that board as the treasurer, but there are men on that board outside of our denomination that definitely stands against women in ministry. Mm -hmm. And so that constant um, battle, not and not really even a battle, but that constant challenge mm -hmm. of walking along beside those, I, I truly believe men and women, we have to walk along beside each other. And that's a perfect example for me of being able to walk alongside knowing that we don't agree. Mm -hmm. There's a disagreement. Yeah. And we both have our scriptures to back it up. Mm -hmm. And we're both, never, whether those are going to change our minds. Right. But... Um, but walking in peace, and I, I, what I have learned is to not fight for that position, mm -hmm. but to step back and just be submissive, not to the point of abuse, but submissive in, in the way of just walking in love mm -hmm. and agreeing to disagree. Yeah. And that's where I'm at in that. And that's a powerful lesson for all of us. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so many times 
if we disagree with somebody on a point, mm -hmm. or we disagree with someone just on something that maybe maybe minor in the bigger scope of things, right. it's it sometimes it's hard to find that way to walk in in ministry together, in agreement together, and just agree to disagree. Absolutely, but learning that is a powerful lesson. It to is. Learn. It is, so. and it's. We can find great joy in doing the work of the kingdom, mm -hmm. and um, we. I had a just a little personal thing that's happened in just the last couple of years. I mean, I've had uh, a gentleman pick at my church and stand out front and tell people pulling up, "Don't you can't go to church here. You're going to end up in hell if you go here. This woman is an abomination to the Lord." Oh, I mean, I've had all of that happen. Um, but in the midst of all of that, you know, I stand back and, and I just, I tell them, look at the fruit, look at mm -hmm. the fruit. If, you know, if people weren't being saved, if people weren't being healed, all of those things that are supposed to happen mm -hmm. in a church, um, then I would say, yes, shut me down. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm absolutely right. out of line, but when there is fruit, we'll be known by our yeah, fruit. and. Right. This young man, you know, there is no fruit. <laughs> so I love him. I pray for him. Yes. But anyway. Well, God obviously has you where he needs you and wants you to that. be. And I just thank you for your obedience to him. And thank you yes. for all that you're doing to impact the city and the town of Kingfisher, Oklahoma, and the people that are living there. And, and also, I mean, your ministry reaches out beyond that. And I just thank you for that. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. If you enjoyed this podcast today, please take the time to leave us a review and share with your friends. Thanks again for joining us.